And I just think sometimes if you don't set yourself those big goals, those big ambitions and just leap off, you don't do it. You don't achieve anything. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, learning as well, even if you get it wrong and, and then ongoing on the next mission. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines, and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. My guest today is an innovator and entrepreneur who is on a mission to shake up the finance industry. After failing in her first business and not knowing enough about finance or taking enough responsibility for it, she really wanted not only to learn more herself, but also to share that knowledge with others, especially women. As a result, she has founded the Wealthy Her Network, which has brought together some of the world's largest banks, including HSBC, JP Morgan and Barclays, who all support her aim in uniting the finance industry and making it an empowering place for women. All of this alongside running her own business and without any personal experience in the finance industry. She has since been featured in The Telegraph, The Financial Times, and I am so happy to introduce you all to Tamara Gillen. Welcome. Hello. I am so happy to have you here. I've got so many questions for you, and I just know that so many of the women in my network are going to really appreciate hearing all that you have to say about money. Fabulous. So the topic of money is a big one. And whether you like it or not, I think we're all impacted by money. And I think that in recent years, the conversation has started to change for women a little bit. But when it comes to talking about money and learning more, I still think that it is kind of a taboo topic. So I've got loads of questions for you today. But first, could you talk to us a little bit more about how you started Wealthy Her and what has the response been? I started Wealthy Her because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I now have a very successful business that I've had at Cherry London for over 10 years. Um, however, as you mentioned, my first business um, was took off to a great start, but I didn't manage the money. And someone went out of business owing us a lot of money, and I learned a very painful lesson. And I had to get, get off the floor, get back, and rebuild another business in my financial and self-worth at the same time and it was a very hard learned lesson um, so I've always thought that in fact money and finance is just not something that women talk about um, I think this particularly because um, I come from an entrepreneurial family my father's an entrepreneur he took me to meet the banks in his business so I was conversant in money and finance much more than probably we are more broadly and so I thought that this is actually an issue and when I started talking to to other women it is a taboo women don't talk about money and whether that's um, you can see in loads of data women are really involved in um, mortgages and you, you know from yourself you're involved in your mortgage decisions but once it goes to pensions or investments we almost dis 
disengage. Women don't want to be seen in negotiation, to be money hungry, or and women judge other women as well. And it's I've heard women say it's icky, and I just don't want to talk about commerciality and value. I don't want to negotiate face to face. I'd rather do it on email. And so I think it's something that we are woeful at, and it's something that we need to change. And I decided that I was really lucky, and I think it's just sometimes serendipity in the world. I met a wonderful woman called Lauren von Stackelberg at JP Morgan, and she had a vision as well. And she said, I'd love to unite the finance industry to work together to better champion women, to understand what women want and how we need to be different so we can advance them because and we had this hunch that actually women also want to advance others so whether that's your children whether that's your family whether that's society that not only was it about advancing individual women but it's about broader impact by doing that so wealthy her was formed as an idea and as a vision um, and my in, in cherry london have done a lot of big partnership programs so look after things like o2 priority and so know how to bring brands together to do stuff um, and when we first started people laughed at <laughs> people were like pardon we're going to work together competitors working together to target clients in a different way and, and do research across institution. However, within six months, we'd gathered 10 partners. We've now got 13 partners who said we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder to do this. Um, and our first big thing that we did is we said, let's understand, let's really understand what is it that women want. So we did a really big piece of research with Kantar. So we did we spoke to two and a half thousand men and women um, and there were there were differences. You know, men were a lot more confident with, with talking about money. They were very much actual financial gain. It was about financial gain in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But for women, it was very much and very clearly it was about what does money do for me and my family, the future generations and society. And we also found that women were... They lacked confidence in talking about money because of some of the stuff I've talked about. And they also, um, they almost didn't know where to go to access. You know, women would say, you know, why is it that I can ask female female friends from everything from who's a great plastic surgeon to who would you have look after my children? But we could, if, if someone asked me back, you know, back then, I'd say I would have no idea who you should talk to, what even questions you should be asking yourself. So from that research, we said, what do we need to change? And that's what we're working together with our amazing, brave partners who came on board um, is to say, how do we change and how do we use that research to actually change the way that they do business? A big strand of that, which is why I really care is entrepreneurs and I think in the UK you know there's some a big report just came out the Rose Review that said you know there is a massive uh, deficit in female entrepreneurs and commercial banking needs to support that but if you look at something like VC funding less than 1% of UK uh, VC funding goes to a female led business in the last year which is woeful so yeah. through the system whether you're talking about your personal you know all of us like me as, a, as a, an individual woman taking ownership of my Money and understanding and asking the right questions for my prosperity and that of my family through to entrepreneurs accessing to grow their wealth or create wealth um, is where we're focusing. Yeah, and I guess, and it sounds like it's doing fantastically well. And, you know, it's interesting what you said then about women not having the confidence. I think that is certainly true. But I also think, you know, even from a more 
earlier level we don't learn this stuff at school you know why isn't it part of you know I know we're not still at the stage where you know boys and girls were trying to kind of encourage the younger generation to have equal opportunity etc but I think these things you know you don't even learn this at high school you know no one talks to you about being especially for being uh, self-employed and for freelance or entrepreneurs no one talks to you about an invoice or about a tax return or about a VAT but none of it and I had to learn all of those things in my early 20s on my own and you do kind of feel like when you speak to others they just expect you to know so if you speak to an accountant or if you speak to someone they just expect you to know this stuff and I was always like I have no idea it's very um intimidating yeah it is intimidating and I would say it is terrible that we leave school I mean I did a master's in business administration I left university with a master's in business administration with no idea about personal finance you know interest rates what impact that would have I mean I have only just paid off my student loan which is I ignored it for a while but you know because I just it wasn't something I considered or factored in what the interest would be over time and we and I think also going back to your point about socialising with you know around socialisation mm. we do tell our you know I know with my son I tell him you know be brave but girls we're saying don't be careful so it's not surprising that women also with risk profiles have mm. a different natural because we treat them differently and I'm you know I'm all about female empowerment but I still know I say to my son come on be brave try that and I don't know if I'd be that with my goddaughters. I'm very much like oh, be careful let us protect really? you and yeah I, I that don't narrative even, is still there it's kind of I guess conditioned in us and I know with my you know my mum so my parents my dad was an entrepreneur my mum joined the business and he's a little bit older than her and through wealthy her my mum said I asked my mum I said are you you know my dad's 80 turning 84 are you signee on his your accounts together and she said I don't want to almost embarrass your father by asking or suggesting that I don't think he's still leading things or right. and you just think that's so complex in the roles and relationships yeah. and I know you know I've spent in my now divorce and my map previously my marriage I never you never want to be I am financially successful or I'm successful because you don't you think that that's an unattra- unattractive quality and I've had lots of therapy to after my divorce to say I am successful but I feel even now I feel like a bit fraudulent and a bit showy-offy and it's not an attractive trait so I do think but again that's a conditioning isn't it for women because I think for men you know they're not conditioned to say perhaps especially with money you know it's like that as you said about the breadwinner or yeah. you know successful women earning money and that that's going to be you know intimidating for a man or put them off and it's just so it is complex but it's also I feel like it's outdated and it's I think, outdated yeah really outdated so for those women who have found a career success and maybe they've you know they've they've worked hard they've hustled and now they find themselves earning more money I'd love to know what you think are the most important things for them to consider I read an article that was talking about how media speaks to men and women differently as we just discussed and it says that media that was targeting men would use language such as finance invest in the future smart money smart money moves etc whilst the language used to target women was save or splurge treat yourself and one article even had a pink ceramic piggy bank and and it's had a picture you know of heel uh, a picture of some shoes i think i maybe saw that yeah, yeah exactly and it's kind of like is it any wonder that women are not taking the topic of money seriously because it's not portrayed to them in a way that is important so yeah if you are now finding yourself maybe early 30s mid 30s wherever earning more money and thinking okay what are the most important things to start considering now 
I think that owning the conversation and starting to even have the thoughts in your head, what what do I want to do? Because I think I've seen, you know, numerous pieces of data from our own research and Kantar, women are disengaged with the whole topic. So, you know, trying to get us to, to lean in and actually ask questions. So I think you need to say to yourself, you know, what is it? I need to consider it. I need to plan for it. Um, you know, looking at, a, you know, a man's pension at 55 versus a woman, it is it's something like six times differential. Um, so we are not equipping ourselves for the future. And I even know of myself, there are some, you know, simple things that we can do. But I think that it's really important to consider your values, because our money behaviours is so ingrained. And, and I was talking to an amazing confidence coach the other day, and she said that your perspective of money and investment is so ingrained into what you know. So I know from myself, my father was in property. So suddenly I've started to notice companies like Cogress who are basically bonds or ICEs that invest in property for the first time as a consumer I've thought that appeals to me and I didn't really understand why but it's because of my ingrained perception that property is safe property is a good investment so I do think you have to to think you know what's right for you um, you know and, and do I want to look at high risk do I want to have a play you know there are a number of apps that are out there now that you can use but I think the most important thing is just start talking about it and also start asking questions of a man of a woman of anyone mm. um, because there are some really simple things around ICES and ICES, the date of ICES, what you can do, limits, and start to actually slowly um, make investments that protect your future. Okay, I'm taking notes because I definitely think that I'm at a stage where I need to definitely consider it more and just give it some time because I think it's something that I just kind of put off and think I will do that, but it's kind of boring and yeah, I think I'll get to it. So it's something I'm going to try and um, focus on this week. Me, me too. And I recently, I mean, I, I got PPI payment and I just thought that's my saving plan. That PPI I paid all those years ago. <laughs> How terrible. <laughs> I- yeah, I mean, I honestly, I when I say that I... I think it's I'm going to come on a little bit later on to talking about personalities but it's actually personally quite interesting because I am in other ways very self-motivated very um, I'd say ambitious you know I want to learn things I want to ask the questions but when it comes to money sometimes I'm just a bit like oh like can I actually just pay someone else like an accountant or someone else to just do that I, I club it into that thing of like admin and just things that you just don't want to do and I know many women feel like that and probably men as well but it's something that I'm I'm aware of and I need to work on it is, I think you're right you just have to get over the hurdle and me too yeah and and just think about it because we just we just don't. don't yeah and so at the other uh, the other end of that I guess if you yeah if you're making more money then that's great but at the other side of that what if you're at the start of something new so say for example I know lots of women who've had children and then for whatever reason they're not able to go back to their previous career and they might want to start something new a small business start something for themselves so when is it a good time if you've you've got the idea you've started something when is it a good time to start thinking about getting investment into your business and what are the things to consider before you do so I think a lot of women do think about starting a business after they've had children and I think it's I think it's an amazing thing. I also think it's worth acknowledging that it's a tough time as well because you've got a lot riding on it. And I've had a lot of personality profiling because I believe in it and understanding yourselves and your team. Um, and I saw when I had my son, my risk profile almost halved because suddenly I had responsibility. So I think women just acknowledging there's a burden on deciding at that moment because you, you almost, it's you, it gives you the freedom 
but actually it also you know there's lots of responsibility around you I think that women across the board we see with any women going whether they're kind of early stage entrepreneurs mum young mums uh, entrepreneurs uh, mum mumpreneurs mum I think mm, they say that, yeah. um, they have a, a, a perceived lack of skill uh, skills in themselves and I think that women are not um, as not aggressive they don't ask as much or they don't value themselves as much as men when they go in to ask for money whether that's from a commercial bank whether that's from the world of VC whether that's from angel investors so women I think really need to almost like put their value out and then double it and that's in their perceived value drivers of what they bring not just commercially but in their skills and I always say just double it or go high high uh, I went to negotiation training and they said that women you know negotiate against themselves before they even start the conversation don't do that let them negotiate so go high high on your self-value um, I think that it's always good to have I always believe but again it probably shows that under underlying self-confidence have inherent things that you've done to prove you've shown it can work we've all seen Dragon's Den you know you know <laughs> where the business is going you have a plan and as I learned you know the numbers so you know what you expect what you're going to need and how, how things are going to grow I love that double it double <laughs> it I know I've read I've read one before that says like um, I think it said 20% more or add tax or something know yeah. your value and add tax yeah. but I love this even more just double the fee and start from there that sounds good so talk to me about finance retreats I've heard you talk about this is this a real thing when I think of the word retreat it makes me think of sunshine and having a massage maybe doing a yoga class so what goes on at a finance retreat well I think you can you're starting it to see it come through as a trend and people are talking about it and people are going and I've actually been trying to go on one and then I'm too busy all the time and I keep thinking I'll do that later but um, it is you know bringing women together to talk between women and also to talk to experts in an informal setting with some lusciousness thrown in a bit of massage a bit of nails oh great which you is great still get your massage. you can still get there <laughs> um, and I think the peer-to-peer -peer is really important because women actually do want to turn to each other and say well, what are you doing have you done anything with an ISA um, but I think that the, you know, we at Wealthy Her are actually creating some confidence and education and talking uh, round tables because one of the things we found is when you say to, you know, through a private members club, would you like to come down, dear lovely ladies, including myself, and talk about money? No. Do you want to come and talk about the topic, is money the last taboo, or what is the cost of modern love? Um, and you think about it in that context. Women pour in. They want to talk about it. You talk about the emotion, the confidence, the self in it, relationships, heritage, learning, and then you say... What do I need to do with finance? So you need to have the whole conversation with women. It cannot be, you know, razor, you know, laser in on just the money. It has to think about the motivations and the self within that. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to look into this. It sounds good. Finance retreat. And also, I think there's something to note is that maybe where I'm at living in London you know I have access to certain people I have you know I'm fortunate to have mentors and people that can help but I think for some people if they don't have that and they don't have that access maybe they're not part of a members club maybe they don't have access and it's kind of I think the more these conversations happen and the more we lift the lid and start to see you know whether it's on podcasts whether it's in media whether it's just events for all different levels do you know what I mean so like people maybe at college age or you know even freelancers who work in the creative industries such as like DJs, makeup artists, they also need this. And I think sometimes it's just only targeted at women in corporate in the yep. corporate world. Do you agree? I do agree. And I think that mentors are critical. And I was really lucky in that I've had a mentor in my mum, my dad, and then I had um, a non-exec director who's been amazing. And he shifted my doubling it um, and made me truly ask for double it. Um, and I also think that um, women 
that I have met all want to help the next generation. And I think it's been why Wealthy Her has just gone on such huge strides and leaps in such a short space of time. Because women, whether they're an entrepreneur or a leader, say, I want to help other women. When anyone approaches me and said, please, could you could you help me? Or me? I will t- actually, man or woman, if you're going to go it as an entrepreneur, it is so hard. And as my dad said, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it and, it. and it isn't. And there will be failure, as I know. So whenever anybody asks me, I say, yes, what can I do? Because you are bra- you are brave and, you, you know, you're going to need that advice. And one of the things that we are also looking at a Wealthy Her is actually an acceleration mentoring for kind of starting with entrepreneurs because that's where we can add the most value and help them overcome some of those hurdles in themselves and ask for more. Awesome. Well, I'm also part of a, I'm a co-founder of a women's network community, which is called Get to Know. And we had a, we had probably about six or seven events in the first year. And it was all for women in the creative industries, not specifically around finance, but just to network. And we found that, yeah, women really want to come together and be in the room and network. And then unfortunately, just because we were so busy, the three, uh, myself and the two other co-founders, we haven't had an event for a while, but we are we're getting back together for for the summer and we're gonna yeah get everyone back in the room because i think as you said women they want to support other women whatever stage in their career whether on the first rung the the top of the ladder wherever and i think it's really powerful that in the last well personally in the last few years i think it's shifted from this like women competitive competing against one another to actually being really open to collaboration yeah absolutely and i think One of the things that we've found is these, you know, some of the huge power of Wealthy Here is we had a kind of collaborative working session with with 30 of our partners, so individual champions from within our founding partners. And they work, we had them, we facilitated the workshop, but working together to find solutions, which was mighty. You get to, you know, amazing places and you can also... In, uh, drive change because you're working together and you're also all working so you can move with more purpose but one of the questions I've been asking is I read the findings of the Rose Review which is why aren't there more female entrepreneurs as I said some of that's about perceived skill confidence lack of access to finance or money um, but some of it is actually lack of access to networks and it was because women play a dispro- disproportionate role in the lives of their children when do you network? Mm. You know, I know of myself, you know, I think, oh, an evening networking, that's just... Right, if you've I'm, got bedtime or swimming or football or whatever. Yeah. And you miss out. Or yeah. do you do early breakfast? That doesn't work either. You, you know, some people are doing the drop-off. So yeah. that is like, in the modern society, how do we network? network and mm. do we need to think differently about that because otherwise we're we're almost creating some of the stuff that we want to overcome. And I also think it's critical. And we had, um, at our launch... Um, Dame Prosser said, she said, do not, this is not a female conversation. This is an everybody conversation. Yeah. And it is, it has to be. This isn't, we're starting with women because there is, we've all, you know, all the conversation we've had, women are starting far to the left. We need to get them to the right. But this is about everybody and everybody needs to join the conversation as people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I like to talk on the show a lot about mindset. I'm a huge believer that everyone can develop a growth mindset and I think that it's essential. And I know we've touched a little bit on it, but um, I've heard business coaches talking about the concept of a money mindset and that often our personalities can dictate our approach to money. So for example, some people, if they have a lot of negative belief around, around money, then they think if someone has a lot of money that they're greedy and selfish and capitalist and essentially that money just has all this negativity around it um, and often I think that's informed by maybe our peer group it could be our childhood our, our parents as you said um, so what do you think about this idea of a money mindset and how can people start to consider their own relationship with money I think a money mindset is 
really important, but as we've also talked about, I think it's important that we think about the whole mindset and how it fits within that. Because as I said, I have learned about, you know, for me, it's critical that I do what I love. I really have to passionately care. I have to believe. That's why I've loved doing Wealthy Her because I found something I really care about and I've cared about my care about my business. I care about my clients, but this is something personally I really wanted to do and drive change. But you also have to think about it has to be commercial. Um, whether that's my core business or it's this because as I learned by failure if you don't do that you can't you can't realize your dreams you cannot realize the dreams of the people who work with you so I think the two sides of that mindset are really important which is Mm. in a belief that it's what you want to be doing that the people working with you that's what they want to be doing that you're enabling their life with your life but also that it is commercial and that is so that you can actually continue to do that thing and drive more change but I think those two sides of it are critical Mm. but why do you think women especially have that kind of sometimes as you know they can even be shamed for as you said like talking about money or talking about wanting to make more money or why is it seen in that like greedy like gross way I just think it's because some of the the taboos that we talked about, whether that's ingrained in our image of what women should be, the role of men and women. And I still find on the modern dating in my 40s, you know, should he pay? Should I pay? Should we go half? Wait, where does it sit? You know, there is so much inherent kind of taboo around money and, and where it sits that women do think that. And I think of other women we must say to ourselves, do not judge other women either um, because we are often harsher on other women who ask for more money or talk about their, their financial success. So I think it's something that we all need to take a little bit of ownership in ourselves and say, it isn't icky, it isn't greedy. Um, and also I'm going to promote other women understanding their value and realising their value um, and start to change it in our children as well. Yeah, and it's because it can be part of our personality as well, right? So, for example, if you are a very cautious person, then you may avoid anything that's potentially a financial risk. Apparently, naturally optimistic people, this is... This is uh, I'm using this as an excuse, I think, for myself, but apparently optimistic people rarely check their finance numbers. They don't like to budget. They don't like spreadsheets. They kind of have that bury the head in the sand and just hope for the best attitude. Um, So maybe we also need to consider our personalities and how that's affecting our relationship with money too. Absolutely. And one of the things we did in the research is say, look at the different types of personalities with regards to money and investment. And they're they're clear. One is you know, one is a kind of life adventure experience seeker, which you might be, which is, you know, what will it enable and also what will enable for my family or your son to have and do and experience in life. And then it becomes important because if you say you don't be mindful of it, you don't talk about it and you don't make the best choices you take away. So you understand the reasons why and understanding your personality trait or I'm really risk averse, but I just need more information or me, I'm highly creatively minded show me a graph visually and I will understand or tell me stories of what I might invest in and you will change my relationship so those personalities are really critical I think. Yeah okay that's interesting and especially the why why part because yeah I think that's really true for me and I think often when people go oh I don't really care about money or you know money's not the sole driver of what I do and I can relate to that but as you said it's what money enables you to do so if you have a huge you know vision and mission and I think you know I'm very mission led and I really have big ambition and it's like you can't do all of those things a on your own like you might need a team you might need someone to support you assist you and that doesn't come for free either so I think often when it comes to confidence around kind of owning the fact that yeah I need to earn more money to do x y and z it doesn't mean you're not mission led it's not purpose or profit right it can be both and sometimes I think you have to set yourself these missions to 
do, even if it's a tiny step with, I'm going to look at an ISA and do that in this financial year. Or me, I said, rightfully or wrongly, I'm going to turn 30 and start my business. I'm going to come to London from New Zealand. I'm going to work for agencies. I'm going to work for clients in marketing. That's why I need to get the experience. And when I turn 30, I'll do my business. And it was great because I did. And, you know, yes, I failed four years later, but, you know, worked with some amazing brands like Red Bull and Superdrug. And, but I did it and I learned. And I just think sometimes if you don't set yourself those big goals, those big ambitions and just leap off, you don't do it. You don't achieve anything. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, learning as well, even if you get it wrong and, and then ongoing on the next mission. Yeah, I agree. So that if that's you, if you're listening and thinking, oh, that's me, then, yeah, go for it. I encourage you to do so. 
um, in my life and those ambers and those reds. And it's, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think managing your time as it is so valuable and who you spend that time with, because we all know that, you know, the people we spend a lot of time with, you know, our peer group, I've heard this thing of the five people that you spend yeah. the most time with, you know, their habits and behaviours will rub off on you and in turn yours on them. So it's really, it's not about kind of saying like, oh, you know, cut out all those toxic people. I've heard that a lot. But I also think it's, you do have to be mindful of it because if they're not displaying the behaviours you want to behave yourself, it just makes it harder for you. I think it's so true. I mean, I've, and I really struggled with it because loyalty is a really big gene in me. I really believe in loyalty, friendship, work, everything. Loyalty and integrity are essential to me. But I actually, once I had someone gave me that advice and I did think there is a couple of people in my life that just take the wrong energy and the wrong values that I don't, I don't agree with. They're not me. And actually, since I have not, you know, had any harsh letting go or sort of big statement, they've just drifted away. I've suddenly found I have this time to do different things, different holidays with people who are my super greens and who I want to, you know, inspire my son from a value perspective. So actually it's been a real, I have to say, it's, I think it's been a journey since I got divorced as well and really evaluating my life. And I do think getting inputs from different people and being open, like all the stuff that you talk about, to start to shift yourself. But it's been really, I've been really excited, sad on the one hand, but really excited about the possibilities it's creating and in, in, in kind of just letting some people drift away and, and welcoming those that I really love in more. Yeah, and I think it's the chapter, right? So that's it's, it's all about the new chapter. And it's good that, as you said, there's no like harsh cutoff period. Mm. But if it just drifts away, then you're kind of like, OK, that's not meant for me anymore. Um, and also, I think, you know, I'd really like to acknowledge you, Tamara, and what, you, what you've achieved and what you just by, you know, essentially the fact you said you're divorced, but you're a single mother. You know, I'm not a single mother. I am a mother, but I, I was raised by one. Um, my mum was a single mother of four children. And I look back now and I just think I don't really know how she actually did everything and you know I think for you to for lots of women and especially mothers they'll say that they're time poor you know it's an issue they're like I'm too time poor to have a power hour or to exercise or to prioritize myself and it's really sad because I think they probably need it more than anyone um so it's brilliant that you can share that that you do create that time for yourself in the morning and that you value it and think that it's important I also think I mean it's mother's guilt parental guilt we talk about it we know it oh my goodness it defines so much of what we do and I have so struggled with it and someone said to me you cannot do it all and you will do a better version of the mum bit if you are energised be there when you are there and you can you know and it's about the quality and not the quantity and you just really need to shift because we are working achieving all of those things and not think of the old traditional roles of ourselves because we will kill ourselves mm. i was yeah. icing 24 cakes on monday night thinking what for his for his birthday at school and i was thinking what am i doing what yeah am I, why don't i just buy them why don't i just buy them because we want to be all those things but yeah. i think you have to give yourself permission because i certainly know i'm a better mum when i am whole energized and as my father said of my son last night he said he knows the value of work. He knows that you go to work. He knows that you do good things. He, you know, he listens on the radio and says, that's my mummy. And, yep. you know, and he, he also talks about, you know, oh, actually, I think I made him do that. We play Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's, he's a feminist, which I, which I love as well. Yeah, you're leading by example, which is incredible. OK, so do you have a Power Hour challenge for our listeners? So each week I ask the guests to give the listeners something that they could try. And maybe this week it should be around money. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess because I can't resist, I'd just say the first one is give yourself 
cut yourself some slack um, about some of the stuff we were talking about, particularly around motherhood and guilt, and mm-hmm. definitely make time for your power hour because I just your time. I just can't resist on that one because mm-hmm. I think it's so essential. On money, I think that just take some start to think about it. If you in the last week just started to think about it. Do I have any opportunity to make any micro investments or invest in a bit more in my pension or talk to someone, whether that's someone who's an expert, um, talk to someone and in fact could be an older person who's really savvy in, you know, and looking at their ISAs and their pensions. So I think just have some conversations to get a bit more wised up on some potential and start to think about it for yourself. Yeah, brilliant. And I'd like to add to that, if you don't even have one, never mind like kind of looking deeper at it, find out how to get one because that's something I had to do recently I'm not gonna um shame I'm kind of ashamed to admit it but I'm gonna admit it and own it I had to do that recently and go you know what I don't even have one so good place to start I don't have one either which right. is because mine's my business is my pension but, okay but that's you've got to think about okay that's my active decision yeah but now I'm mid 40s I probably need to get one as well yeah to guarantee right. everything awesome and where can people find you online if they wanted to reach out if they had any questions uh the wealthy her network or at uh, wealthy her Um, and Cherry London or on LinkedIn just Google Tamara Gillen Brilliant, thank you and my closing question for you Tamara is all about time as we've talked about the Power Hour I believe that it's the most valuable thing that we can have that we have and that we can give to another person even more valuable than money so what's the most valuable thing that time has taught you? When I turned 21 my mother gave me a body scrubber and she said whatever you don't like that you can't you just think you did that slightly wrong or you wish you'd learnt from that scrub it off and let it go down the sink and I think learning to forgive yourself because women are the hardest judges on ourselves so learning to forgive ourselves and not people you know just think about the positive forward steps we're making for ourselves for our families and and, and actually just just forgive yourself brilliant thank you so much and thank you so much for coming in and giving us an hour of your time today thanks for listening everyone i really hope that you enjoyed that episode of the power hour i hope that you got some insight some knowledge and maybe some inspiration to take control of your finances or to at least make that first step if you enjoyed the show please let us know you can reach out on instagram on twitter you can rate and review us on itunes as well have an awesome week see ya What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.